Welcome to TT with the Ballers podcast. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of TT with the Ballers. Uh, today, after a long time, I have Anshu with me. And we're going to discuss a host of topics together. Uh, starting with, obviously, the most shocking and uh, most probably disappointing as per a lot of people is the sacking of, of uh, Thomas Tuchel and appointment of Graham Potter as Chelsea manager. Uh, we'll also be discussing the seventh season syndrome that everyone is talking about regarding Klopp. And then we also discuss how the first week went. But uh, before all of that, uh, uh, I would just like to welcome Anshu back. How Hi, Anshu. How are you? And uh, how's life been in the recent uh, times for you? All good, Harsh. All good. Life's been a bit hectic these past days. But nothing too hectic for the beginning of... A new season, I guess. Right. And a new manager with a pre-season at United. I'm sure you must have uh, heard the last episode that yeah. had with Vinayak and he was full of enthusiasm. How are you feeling as a United fan right now? Uh, to be honest, a bit too scared because I like uh, we've been here before in, in, in our so to speak, in a manner of speaking. But there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel in in, in a way that uh, the transfer mark, the transfer season has been quite good. Players who've come seem to have made an impact immediately. I don't know how. For in, a, in a way that we've seen United go on winning uh, runs before, and we've seen them lose it uh, quite as easily. Uh, that being said, there is a there there is a hope for me. Uh, in a way that, uh, that that makes me happy, so to speak, which is that uh, possibly in the first time in a long time, these players are actually being coached well. So the tactical differences are seen materializing on the field. There, there are differences in how United go and approach various games, at least that has been uh, in the past few games. So uh, it's, it's, it, it seems very good uh, for the moment, but I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't go ahead and make any predictions or become a soothsayer based on the recent run of form. I I would like to see how the season goes, how how it plays. Right, uh, you are playing safe. This is not a episode on Manchester United, so I'll just I'll just keep it short and and just ask you. I mean, yeah. you have had the best of managers, but yeah. uh, maybe a young blood and a young thoughtful manager. With mm. new ideas is what you needed because you've already tried the old school with Van Hal and Jose Mourinho. Yeah. But, uh, maybe, maybe. Ten uh, Hag is the answer to your problems because I think a lot of modern football is what I see at United right now. Uh, so I see that 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 is one of the reasons why I was trying to play it safe because I know that there have been such moments before in the past decade. But uh, that being said, I think people still sort of uh, disregard uh, Mourinho a bit too early. I I I, I seriously uh, do not agree with the fact that we should have stuck with Mourinho. I, I actually don't agree with the fact that we should have gone with him in the first place. But what he was doing, or at least trying to do, is very similar to what Eric Ten Hag has been trying to do. Is is is, is a way to reinvent. His own image, rather than going with uh, you know quotes the United way of playing. So, I mean, yes, uh, I I I am certainly hopeful. I'm, I'm very much hopeful. I am I am I'm actually making quite what I'm seeing. And you mentioned modern day football, and I'm, we are going to discuss Chelsea right now. So we are going to actually think about uh, or actually discuss how Graham Potter fits into that uh, you know whole modern football scenario. But uh, yes, so far so good with Ten Hag. So let's uh, address the elephant in the room, and uh, yeah, Graham Potter at Chelsea, and uh, no more Tuchel, Thomas Tuchel. Uh, 
what are your thoughts i <laughs> i think it's a very very interesting appointment i think i, I mean let me first just say that i i heavily disregard this decision of letting groups of players not being satisfied or perhaps you know uh, to not be happy with how the ownership is uh is 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 possible creating things um i mean i did an interview where he said that uh was not better but it's not going either so i mean the way he was talking was not very positive but i would i would still i would still I, i still cannot make sense of the fact that you give somebody close to 300 million for a transfer window and you get every player you want so you know at least all and most of them and then let this go based on a result which to be fair might not be a long haul you know it, it might not be something that that could have impacted their season so i don't i don't i, I cannot make sense of that that being said i think gray potter is a very, very promising guy i think he's he's pretty young by the standards he has shown before that he can be very very tactically adept i i remember the match where they defeated a infernal goal uh one but and that was a time for the remember right so i i i think he has shown before that he can take it up with the defense which is what he has to do with chelsea he won with brighton where you know like scoring 40 or 2 points of 4 points or whatever a couple of seasons ago the last season was possibly the best time that we had in premier league history so it won't be like that for chelsea i think it would be expected out of him is at least a trophy and a top four finish i think that that would be a very very you know understandable expectation at that from a manager at a club like chelsea mm-hmm. i think he shows promise but i i'm and i this might be the pessimist in me talking but i'm, I'm not very sure because brighton and chelsea are two very very different games they are they are and uh, so yeah whosoever is you know not very convincingly trying to make sense of why tuchel got fired many people are saying it was not a knee jerk reaction and one of the one of the main reasons why it spoiled the relation between the manager and the owner was the owner wanted to sign cristiano ronaldo and he had an understanding that you know since we are in the champions league and cristiano ronaldo wants to come to a champions league club we should go ahead and sign him but apparently to tuchel to, took a very strong stand and chose obameyang instead i don't know how big an impact that creates many people are saying it's the english angle and the new new owner is english he wanted a english manager uh, or so uh, that's why graham potter was roped in uh, but it's it's very shocking for me and uh, it's uh, it's it's i don't know i'm i'm just disappointed with you know him getting such less time gram potter is is a good manager but uh, but it's you know actually chelsea standard i am not sure i am to be very honest i would i would say that he is not chelsea standard he has managed swansea he has managed brighton or hoalbian who are you know you know their position in the premier league and in the stature of football yeah beforehand if they have sacked a manager chelsea they've gotten a top top manager from a different league yeah but yeah. but this is this is a different signing and uh, i just have one another theory about brighton but mm. we'll discuss that later but uh, mm. what do you think uh, should should uh, Tuchel uh, was right in taking a stand and signing Oba instead of Cristiano. And uh, how's your uh, thought on the perspective of the owner? If supposedly this was to be true, uh, you know what? What actually? Uh, what actually makes me think that it was? It was. It 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 might have been more than what what is being let on is because you you won't get three hundred million for. transfers if the ownership doesn't doesn't trust you right it doesn't make sense right. it doesn't make sense that 
you would you would give what is it six new players to an to a manager who might not necessarily agree to all of them being in the team i mean we can see that you know and uh, as far as going back to the obamayang question look i've never been a fan of obamayang ever since his dortmund days i've always thought that he's a bit too overrated but he has performed in 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 all the leagues that he's gone to i don't think he's a big game player so i don't think he will fit at chelsea at least not not for the long run i think he was right in taking the decision that he did not want to buy cristiano ronaldo because from what i was using at the time when he took the decision he did know that he'll be sat six games in the six games in the season mm. so he might have been thinking for the long term which is what you know you hire a person to do you don't hire them to think for six months or one year in the future by paying them millions and millions of pounds or euros or whatever currency they're using right. and it's it, it it doesn't make sense to me that way be, be, you know I, i'd like to know your take on it because uh, you know the phase that chelsea are in right now is quite resembling to the phase liverpool were in back in back at the beginning of 2010 and the reason i say that is because chelsea tuchel brought them off a of a of a very emphatic champions league victory mm-hmm. and then got got sacked a couple of seasons in but what do you do you know what do you do when uh, after everything after all the support that a manager is needs at least financially speaking you get from the owner but you don't see eye to eye uh, about an issue i don't i i really don't think man that one player's transfer even if it is ronaldo i mean what 37 year old ronaldo is not a catch let's be honest i don't think that would be enough to you know get you sacked mm. i don't know i don't know maybe uh this question was asked to klop and klop said uh, that uh, you know my set of owners have more patience and they trust me to solve any problem rather than bring someone else and you know trust the other guy to solve the club's problems so maybe that was that was that was the root cause of it maybe a, a mutual lack of trust where the new owners did not trust tukel enough to to solve chelsea's problem but going back to 2010 of liverpool i think it was a different challenge altogether because we had just sacked rafa benitez we mm. had brought in the horrible roy hodgson <laughs> <laughs> and it was a terrible time to be a liverpool fan and uh, yes but if you if you look at the scenario that a chelsea fan finds himself in today i mean let's be honest they are far from winning the league right that they're, they're nowhere close to manchester city Right. and i and it's 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 a difficult thing to swallow as a liverpool fan i know that but the way liverpool are playing right now even they are far from manchester city they are so, they are i have no problem i don't think any club right now is close to manchester city manchester right. city and if if you have such high standards or such high benchmarks for winning the league i don't understand why you would want to take that risk you know firing a manager six and the reason i say that it's it's a bit similar to what liverpool were facing back then is because i think that uh, liverpool at the time were not expecting to win the league they they were, they were not but liverpool at the time was still a force to reckon with in a way that they would always challenge which is what chelsea hope to do right now this is right. the best they can hope to do they they would they, they did show by winning the champions league that they're not a team that you know you can just write off at at a whim which is pretty much what chelsea did a couple of seasons back and uh, you know the going through the same phase wherein you are you are questioning whether the old guard is good enough or whether you need somebody new and if you need somebody new then give them enough time and i'm speaking in terms of players not the manager so mm-hmm. you know the entire money angle that luis diaz is not, luis diaz is not inventive enough or it doesn't turn on the ball as fast as money used to do it doesn't right. does not have as good a finish and you know talks like i, I have Liverpool uh, fans as friends, quite as many as you know, and um, most of them have been saying that uh, you know, uh, if it would have been Mane uh, in 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 the game that just followed, uh, I mean, I won't take the Napoli game for an example because that was less to do with the attack and more to do with the defense. But going back, I do agree that you know, it's 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 somewhat similar the position Chelsea find themselves in in that regard. 
i i think there there some i would like to disagree on some part but what i would like to agree on is is cv that time we sacked roy hodson and yeah. then we had kenny dalglish and then we sacked kenny dalglish because kenny dalglish just couldn't cope with with uh, uh, with the premier league and they had a discussion I... with new ownership and then they decided on brendan rogers it was still yeah. a, a a step in in the future because yeah. those times liverpool support did not have anything other than hope so we hoped that maybe brendan rogers is good and you know the shitty uh, the the that ownership of uh, hicks and gillet i mean yeah. i don't know how many people know about it but it was terrible it was mm. terrible time for for liverpool supporters you know we we had sold the best of jobi alonso and ario uh, yeah. and uh, javier mascherano everyone was being sold left right and center and mm. uh, you know that left back uh, which was sold to real madrid i don't i'm kind of forgetting his name arbiola so yeah uh, so yeah yeah th- those players were getting sold and we were not getting anyone in uh, this situation is completely different i think you know talking in core hindi mahol banane ki koshish ki ja rahi hai to wo mahol banane ke chakkar mein manager ko fire kar diya aur ek naye manager they have brought in a new manager who who you know says yes sir you are right sir this is how it will be done sir okay sir so maybe that that is one logical explanation but graham potter but to be fair to uh, graham potter you know i i think he is he, he's, he's shown that he has perseverance with the team bro i i respect your hope i respect your opinion but you know not there not there and i would come to my uh, theory about brighton hove albion shortly see i'm yeah. giving a simple example small club managers don't do well at big clubs usually yes and they might show hopes but mm. they usually never do too well you know you had a a david moyes coming from everton at united what happened you had a mm. brendan rodgers coming from swansea to liverpool what happened he tried all he could but he failed you know mm. similar is the case with brighton hove albion and what i'm saying is there comes a phase in every small club's life you know mm. a small phase where it does well and it gets bought out and if yeah. that club can survive that patch it, mm. it it goes towards glory otherwise it it in in 5 years or 4 years time they go uh, they they lose the quality of players and lose their current standing and i think something like that is happening with brighton hove albion currently let me give you a, a context to that remember swansea uh, the time brendan rogers switched from swansea to yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, they had very good players and yeah. all those players got bought left right and center remember aston villa used to be a top 10 club yeah yeah when uh, stewart downing and ashley young and yada yada etc players got sold left right and center where is aston villa right now very bad mm. same thing Good. in the recent time leicester legend i guess sorry trying to work hard with the liverpool legend is where aston villa are But right now not working that legend is scared right now he just said in his previous uh, press conference that yeah uh, if if i were to be sacked i would take responsibility and it's not that difficult to imagine mm. that because yeah. you don't win you lose and jamie carragher mm. is trying his best of doing what he did all his years at liverpool trying to support his friend but it's not working anymore he's saying that you know uh, everton has the same number of points as as uh, aston villa but uh, everton supporters are singing the name of their manager while aston villa players are not it's maybe more than that aston villa is is at the best of their squad and still not playing good enough but yeah i'll come back to that later uh, so in the recent time leicester city you know yeah yeah there all the good players kantes and mares and even danny drinkwater got sold so right where yeah. is leicester today the the manager left and and you know 
only wardy from the old guard is is to be seen and they have sold players right now so i think brighton hove albion is going through a same phase right now selling mm-hmm. Puma, selling other good players and now even the manager going so i think history is repeating itself with with brighton hove albion and people think that you know a, a club that is doing well if we buy the players then our club will also do well i don't think that happens and yeah another example southampton at a point mauricio pochentino's southampton to be very precise well, you know yeah. that yeah. that southampton got picked apart like 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 meat from carcass and uh, the vultures of english football just plucked the club apart and where I mean, is that club right now let's see developed and brought in at southampton and where they are right now to even make sense of the good job that he was doing over there exactly and and then everyone got sold and uh, where is southampton today so i think uh, brighton is kind of heading in that direction i don't know who they will replace their current player uh, their manager with but but uh, more than chelsea i'm worried for a good premier league team that brighton was uh, yeah pascal gross and company uh, eric lamty and all i don't know what their future is and i think more than chelsea getting uh, a manager they can't trust on we are certainly losing a team that used to be good i agree i agree i mean it's it's, it's a difficult point to argue with that it's, it's it might very well be exactly what you are saying but i i would still like to be hopeful for chelsea because yeah um, i mean the club is not that bad right It's, yeah, I mean, I if if there is one team and it's it's a it's a difficult thing to say. There is if there is one team outside of Manchester United that I would like to see winning the Premier League if United are not, it would be Chelsea. You know, of the top six. Mm-hmm. So I I sort of you you can say I have a soft corner for them. Right, and uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's a good team with a good squad and had a good actually i like thomas tuchel a lot yeah me too he was a good manager who 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 played the game really well understood the game really well so so it's sad to let him go but let's come to our next part of first week of champions league what do you make of the first league first week gone by Uh, I think every game pretty much played out exactly the way it was expected, apart from you know the Liverpool game. I don't think I never expected Liverpool to do good. I mean, obviously the Chelsea game, I we can't say that. Um, so, yes, I, I, I mean, see, I can't say that for the Chelsea game. I agree, but would you? Would you? Do you not agree that on uh, on the European stage, a one nil, a one nil, you know, some sort of uh, sort of contrary result mm-hmm. would not be that surprising as a as a as a, as a four one result, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I uh, what I meant by saying that every team pretty much had the same result that was expected of them. I meant that none of the results that I saw, including the Chelsea game, were like. Oh my God! This is what is what is happening, you know? Right. They tried Chelsea actually. They really tried. But... I, I mean, I, I can't. I can say very safely that for the last few minutes of the game, they were probably much better than they were in the in in the initial parts. It was a it was only bad luck that they could not get that equalizer. But apart from that. I I I think I I think that the Liverpool game sets standards for what you're not supposed to do. Mm, precisely, precisely. I mean, the Liverpool game. I think to start with the Liverpool game. Uh, I think. Would you rather start with a different game? No, no. Let me take my moment and. <laughs> Say that uh, you know uh, Liverpool undoubtedly played really bad football. I mean, I have not seen a, a worse first half 
in my recent history of watching liverpool and supporting liverpool i mean it was terrible terrible the first half conceding two penalties within 5 minutes thankfully one was saved but but you can't go to napoli you can't just you cannot go to that stadium where you have never won in the past and play like this. and you know you have the best player in your goalkeeper who is trying to save your ass uh joe gomez played a very terrible football in defense uh alexander arnold wasn't even half good and the team got blown apart i've seen it was like i am watching you know the 2019 liverpool in uh, playing in in napoli colors because that's mm-hmm. how i associate liverpool to play but it was napoli playing that way and you know people couldn't i mean not even one forward pass was being intercepted uh, nicely by the liverpool players the only player trying to do something was luis diaz which currently i do not like maybe that will change in the future we had some control once uh the first half obviously was over and napoli kind of knew that okay we have won and uh they took the foot off the pedal uh and uh, thiago came in and thiago showed a little composure and a little control but even then even then it was it was a very bad match that player peter peter zolinski really uh, played a very very strong performance and and uh, their forward anguisa was also very strong very strong i mean he won a penalty against uh, van dijk and van dijk yeah. could not handle it and gone are the days when i used to boast that there's no player that can go past van dijk but you know such is the condition of liverpool right now that people are going past van dijk very easily and it was it was combination of both a very strong performance from napoli in their home and a very bad performance from liverpool at a stadium with a record of of never winning there we have been there some four times lost 1-0 2-0 drew 0-0 and the recent one was uh Disaster. Defeat and an absolute disaster, absolute disaster. But mm. you know what? You know what, Anshu? I would rather lose the first game of the Champions League than the last game. So that's obviously that that would mean that you you need to make it to the last game of the Champions League. But I would need any I, game. <laughs> you I, know, I would I would like to come back to the question of. question that is trent alexander arnold now i know liverpool fans have been very protective of him over the years and he has enough credits in the bank to justify that mm-hmm. but do you think he is a liability when you are defending because arguably and i say arguably because you might disagree with me arguably three of the four goals that were that were that were scored and i am not including the penalty here obviously Three of the four goals that was scored, his positional awareness was either too bad, or I don't know, he was just not present where he should have been, hmm, which yeah, you right. would expect from you know the right back of a of a team which is which has been dominating the European landscape for the past three years. You you would expect that. So would you would you as a Liverpool fan? I should say not hope for. Would you take a different right back? to trend alexander arnold uh, i have next- very radical ideas in this department but let's keep my radical ideas aside uh-huh. and discuss uh, what what your question is is he a bad defender i think against the best of players yes he is bad uh-huh. is he a liability on defense not really is he a liability on the team certainly not he's one of the 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 players uh-huh. i think to be to be uh, to be of a very personal opinion i think he's a he's a treat to watch when he's going forward when he's at his best i so, i i think 
I think his crosses into the box are probably the best by a right back right now in the Premier League. Um, so I, I don't in Europe also uh, I could say that despite the shitty performance few of his crosses were really well but no, I don't... what what uh, I... Andrew Robertson is a better defender than Alexander Arnold and no. Alexander Arnold is is a better uh, full back than uh, Andrew Robertson and you know, by that I... analogy I mean that you know uh, the defensive prowess of Alexander Arnold is the lowest among the back four and sometimes it shows when the team is flying high it does not show that much but when the team is under pressure and you know Liverpool it won has... the Premier League right what I read Trent was playing pretty much at least in his style of play um, mm-hmm. the year you guys won the Champions League and the following year when we won the Premier League I think the way Trent was playing, at least in his style of play, not talking about the execution of it, the implementation and the style of it was pretty much the same as it is today. But right. you you had a very good prominent presence in Henderson and uh, a, a very informed Van Dyke, guys like Fabinho and all of these, who were actually saving his ass. You know, when 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 you guys were getting caught on the counter or when you guys were when you guys were essentially a man shot because your right back was in the opponent's box or something like that. But it's not happening this year. So, would you now, having seen the way Liverpool are playing, and I won't just say in this season, pretty much in the last season, towards the end of it as well, would you not rather have, a, a, let's say, a more prominent backup who could, in games where you know that you... you will have much of the ball and that you might be getting caught on the counter, would you not rather have a backup? See, the shitty thing about Liverpool is there is no backup of Trent. There is no second player in that position. Yeah, but would you not like one, is what I'm saying. I would love to have the the option uh, that we have on the left uh, left back position where 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 we have Simikas you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, you know, competing for that position, but currently with Trent, it's not that. And coming to the radical idea that I was suggesting, my radical idea for Liverpool right now is first of all, take Salah out of the team because he he needs some mental rest because none of the things he's trying is working. So you're saying that you would rather take Salah out than Trent. I would put Trent in Salah's position and just have that's, him there. That's just you being stupid, man. I, I think and, you know that. And and put Joe Gomez in, in Trent's position, solidify the back a little, and 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 just play it out because 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 players are not doing well, and when you know. When 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 a Salah is not doing well, when a Fabinho is no longer winning tackles, when a Van Dyke is no longer winning headers, it it is very difficult for for even uh, Trent Alexander Arnold or for uh, that matter of fact Allison to you know justify their previous performance. Currently, Liverpool are going through a very bad time and and. I think one or two strong performance may bounce, help bounce the team back. But answering your question, should we put Trent out of the team? No. Should we put uh, Joe Gomez out of the team? Yes. Because Joe Gomez is the third choice uh, centre-back. First is Ibrahima Konate, who's injured. And the second you saw in the second half of the Premier League, which was relatively better. So, Trent stays, Salah goes out, and I can just pray for Van Dijk and Fabinho. Hi, Utkarsh. Finally, you are here. Hey, I, I personally feel here, uh, one, Liverpool players are just a little lost. They've probably <laughs> lost the hunger. It's been seven years of the you know same style of football. And the core of Liverpool players have been there at Liverpool in the current squad, at least for the last three years. One, I think, uh, very few changes. Uh, 
instead of buying a nunes for say 100 million i would have preferred if matlab if i was in that position i would have bought two three players for 30 million 40 million kind of a you know money uh that's that's at least how i look at it the second thing that i feel you know about taking players out of the team and not having i i just feel key because there is a shortage of midfielders for liverpool right now and james miller has not been doing well i think they should change their formation and play three at the back uh it will help cover for uh, trent as well uh it also means that uh, you know van dijk cannot be singled out because he's not winning headers there are more uh gomez also gets in that additional support right uh i feel some of these things can help uh, liverpool i think obviously the transfer bit they can't do that now but at least change of formation probably playing with one fewer midfielder with probably arthur and fabinho only or arth and having fabio capello play you know further up front uh, might help them out right so i, I personally feel keep the formation change would help them um, otherwise i i even if you take level uh, say sala out who do you bring in right and you could play jota on the right yeah but jota is a striker yaar you would want him mm-hmm. to be in a central position he is not your winger winger per se right so yeah. I, but then I, again for for uh, wolves he used to play on the wing for portugal you know he he plays you know on the wing so it's not that he can't mm-hmm. it's just that he, in liverpool he has found uh, a striker's position to be really good and he's scoring headers maybe being the shorter on the pitch but yeah i i get what utkarsh is saying i totally agree we need more ideas we need a revamp we need a, a better ideas on the pitch i feel they need to change their formation probably uh you know rest some of the players if they really feel like but i i personally feel midfield is the big issue for them uh and uh, that's where they need to you know probably have three defenders and play two midfielders rather than uh you know three midfielders that they generally do uh that will also allow okay trent and robertson they can push further up mm-hmm. and give that sort of creativity that the midfield is actually lacking Uh, right because fabinho and arthur both i feel are more of a defensive kind of a players and they would give you that protection that is required and uh, and yeah the your you know wing backs basically push further up and i'll help them stretch the game more is what i feel but yeah let's see how klopp handles it my only worry is that uh with the club you know his seven year seven uh, seven season yeah seven season seven season curse in a way uh my worry is that key this is his seven season and from here if if he leaves or say liverpool sack him who do you go and get right do you want to get do you want to get pochettino who is who's pretty much failed everywhere that he's gone <laughs> <laughs> matlab really. while he's done a good job uh, I, he's I done a good job with south africa my worry is that zidane will join liverpool i quite like zidane oh fuck i don't think zidane oh, wants yaar, to come to premier league zidane won't zidane won't do the job i i, I don't think i, I don't think, think we, i don't think we should be discussing klopp's sacking yet yeah i, I think <laughs> i think yeah i mean but hypothetically speaking if that happens I think people will murder the owners next time he's seen an Anfield. You know what I mean? <laughs> you I mean, can't I, sack Klopp. Just that to, just cannot happen. To be fair, to no, I, I feel. To be fair, just think of it this way: you lose your next two, three matches, right? And right before the uh, international break, you have what three more matches left? Mm. You lose all three. which is one more champions league uh, round and i think three more premier league games so you have four games i think if you lose all four of them or you lose even three of them do you not feel that you know you would potentially be out of the title race for sure i think uh, this season i think we are already out of i i would count myself out of the title race given the kind of football we are playing 
uh, given the kind of transition it is happening and given the kind of injury problems we have right now i mean uh, maybe uh, other fans cannot see the gravity of the injury situation at liverpool but at maybe it's it's down to the clops you know heavy metal football but you know played played players by quite a quite a bit in the past like all the talk about this being the best team and the greatest team but essentially you guys never had the squad depth that was necessary for you know we had lot. the squad depth but we never had the players you know did come in and and perform regularly i mean we did pull off a 4-0 at anfield against barcelona with you know which is fine i am not i'm not questioning that the team lacks quality or in the in 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 any way i i i mean it when i said that there you have been at least in some way shape or form in dominance on the european landscape for the past few years which is which is to be fair being quite honest but again i don't think like you yourself said you you don't know who replaces trent henderson is out and you don't have uh, a a quality midfielder to replace him salah goes who will play on the right wing even if you play jota jota is not half the shadow that salah is you still somehow stick to to, to roberto firmino i don't know why or what is the what is the I logic like him. i'll i'll give you the logic and of course you do but i'm saying i'm saying even i'm saying in terms of squad depth the way i mean squad depth is that if you rest one of your key positions and when i say key positions like you trent is someone who's been running miles and miles for like, what 3 4 years now you need somebody to you you don't have that depth i, I don't think you klopp has ever created that that depth yet yeah that is a very fair fair point that you are making i mean there isn't we have tried a number of things we signed minamino we signed divock origi we signed uh, alexander arnold but they haven't been uh, performing to the level we wanted them to we had hoped but it never came through so i i think liverpool do need a, a fresh start uh, back to the drawing board and they are not doing the basics that they were doing very good last season coming to utkarsh's point why spent so much on uh, darwin is i kind of agree uh, i think we should have uh, invested in the midfield we still had a very decent forward line uh and the uh, the the obsession of replacing mane or the pressure of replacing mane given the fact that you know manchester i think it was a panic buy more than anything known as he was he was a good player he but you know uh it was it was a sort of a reply to manchester city which was not very mature of them signing haland and uh, no i i personally disagree dude i think it's just how the market has become for premier league teams every other country knows or every other club outside of england knows that you can scam premier league clubs for money that is a period good. period you know it's just that i don't think nunez is worth 85 million i don't think anthony is worth 85 90 million whatever united paid for him uh, i think in that case surprisingly man city do seem to be getting the very good deals of uh, getting haland for just 50 million uh, but uh, uh, that was know. that was the that was good on the part of haland and their his his agent because uh, he's he had a release clause and as per people yeah. club triggered the release clause and he guys, had- while while we are at this and we have discussed liverpool quite at length and chelsea quite at length I would just like to put this out how good has been haland man like huh. i i am surprised i am beyond surprised haland is is insane he's a machine he'll score 30 goals minimum this season it's the the way he can he can i i, I don't think i've seen a I've such never... a young striker to be so physical I've never seen someone instead of controlling the ball using his head and chest raise his leg that high and then 
have that kind of control i mean the only player that can come to my mind is zlatan but even zlatan uh, used to you know have a different style his style is different and you know zlatan zlatan was a very good dribbler yeah you know, i i i don't think i don't think uh, i don't think haland is a very good dribbler he might mm-hmm. become one one day the sheer strength that he has that's the strength think... the pace the acceleration and the positional presence and you know the the, the intelligence of a number 9 i think we are witnessing after a very very long time yep especially with man city <laughs> yeah I, I think that is that is even more uh, that is what is actually you know um is why he's scoring that many goals earlier probably the number of chances that a proper number 9 gets whose bread and butter is scoring goals versus a midfielder or a false nine who ends up just playing you know who whose say bread and butter is finding that you know final pass mm-hmm. right uh that's the difference and um, this is but the the funny part is that uh, man city have not been uh, say playing that well as a team overall if you see yeah. uh, especially against aston villa yeah. i think they were they were lucky to come out with the draw yes if var was not in fate matlab if var wanted you know it was very easy that uh, Aston Villa would have could have scored the first goal and probably Man City would have lost out on you know on three points or that one point that they got. Yes, but yes. Yeah, but obviously Haaland is crazy, dude. I think he's 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 probably he's he's someone that I really feel that can you know maintain this sort of level and probably go beyond the numbers of Messi and Ronaldo. Uh, especially in premier league and champions league at least maybe not at the international stage because at yeah. the end of the day he's from norway norwegian country yeah. Yeah. yeah norway and uh, though norway also has a pretty decent team now uh, with odegaard haland and these guys but even then mm. the kind of service also you know i mean uh, yeah. uh, the, the direct parallel that i can draw is messi when messi had iniesta and javi and uh, you know other players supporting him even uh, yeah pedro and uh, david silva supporting villa yeah david via uh, the kind of the kind of player he became obviously he had a lot of talent similar is the case with haland at city you have de bruyne you have uh, foden foden is not that bad a player he's english so he gets a lot of slack but he's not a bad player he plays really well and then you no no i think foden mares gundogan de bruyne uh gundogan these are the best passers of the ball the world has i mean the present premier league has seen and and do not forget cancelo do not forget walker all of them have their services focused at haland and haland is just going to break this league apart i mean there's no catching manchester city uh, i would just want to pose this question do you think manchester city are getting caught by any club this season hmm. i i'm a little worried about them as well uh, because i just personally feel their defense is not that strong as it used to be they don't have that kind of depth that they used to have uh so that's that's my only worry with them and i also feel ki uh, as good as a manager that uh, pep guardiola is on the biggest of the stages he just goes on to do something stupid or you know which, which can turn out to be a genius thing if it works out but more often than not i've seen that it doesn't work out for him uh but he just does not you know stop like maybe in that ucl final where You're he right. just played without a cdm right there was no rodri where they played the entire season with rodri uh then recent uh, i think in the last season also they, he did something similar so you know i, I just feel ki that, that that that's the only like chink in their armor right and that that can push them uh 
मतलब दैट माइट बी जस्ट देयर ओनली वीकनेस इन माय हेड बट अपार्ट फ्रॉम दैट आई थिंक दे दे डू रियली वेल यार समवन हु कैन प्रोबब्ली कैच देम इज आर्सेनल एंड टोटनहम आई फील बट देन अगेन ऑल डिपेंड्स ऑन आर्सेनल्स रिएक्शन because generally they go on a winning run and once they lose a match they go on a losing run then so if they don't bounce back in the next match or maintain their form uh, then probably not even arsenal uh, and i think tottenham might just give them a, the best competition because, for simple reason that it's antonio conte there they'll not play good football they'll not play the beautiful football but they'll defend they'll put their life on the line to defend and they'll win right uh, we do have spurs versus city coming up in the next game week so yeah i think spurs have a fighting chance i don't think arsenal as arsenal are going to stop city i i i i still think that team lacks lot many things they playing good football yes but i I seriously think like ninety nine percent of my gut feeling says that City are not getting caught, not this year. Same with me. Same with me. Uh, there is a theory that Akash always gives that somewhere, somehow, uh, you know, uh, Haaland would get injured because that's his track record till now. Because he scores twenty odd goals and then he gets injured. You know the thing about City is that this is a team that has been playing without a traditional number nine for the past three years and have and has won two Premier Leagues in that duration. So even if Haaland Haaland is not fit or if he gets injured or gets out for the say I don't know a month or two misses eight or nine Premier League games, I still think they've got what it takes to score goals essentially. Sure. but i i just have this this thing in my mind that you know haland is scoring and haland you know they have a small patch of say 15 minutes and they are able to utilize that patch and haland converts two goals and it's 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 good for them you know what happened in in manchester uh, against aston villa you know that goal was beautiful by the way if you haven't yeah. you must yes. see the, the the absolute accurate cross that uh, de bruyne put in for haland and it was a wonderful goal so what i'm saying is you know what if they get over reliant on haland and then haland gets injured and they find it difficult that could be one possible then they revert back to type you know they revert back to what they were doing last season it's not like they were dependent on gabriel jesus most of the time he was wandering around the wing playing on the yeah he was not even playing as a striker the false nine was completely yeah. played by you know maybe yeah. bruno it also that uh... alvarez guy man this time around so yeah. i don't think it's that big of a problem for them and even if alvarez scores like 10 15 goals this season and haland ends up scoring 30 that's dude, i know yeah so I, i i don't see that as a big problem for them even if haland is out injured yeah yeah so let's come to the champions league matches man uh just coming to the champions real madrid i mean mm-hmm. what a match i mean talk about a team that can soak in pressure and just not let goals come their way you know uh celtic in the first 15 minutes hit the post maybe twice but uh still couldn't score and and what a response and uh good news is finally ha- hazard is back Hazard is on the scoring sheet, and uh, Luka Modric, who's going to turn 38 in 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 a few days, also has scored. So, so all is good at Real Madrid. I Hazard has scored. That is good, but I still think they should be worried about Benzema being out. Uh, I don't think Hazard is Hazard is anywhere close to. Not talking about number nine. I'm not talking about him as a player. Why? I don't think he's anywhere close to Benzema. So I think they would be worried about that. Apart from that, I it's Real Madrid. What, what more? Real what Madrid, more man, it's crazy. I was getting all the flashbacks of of the of the Liverpool uh, final and you know the the matches before that where they defeated uh, Manchester City and PSG and and. 
they have something some x factor that is so unexplainable that they just don't concede they just would not concede a goal you know last year when in the quarter final i think it was when psg were meeting real madrid i remember watching uh, an espn um, that football punditry that, that that they have and somebody asked that who do you think is going to win and the answer was i i know it doesn't matter neither of them are going to win the league win the champions league this year and then that 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 that's the kind of team real madrid are they they they're just going to prove you wrong and uh, i you got you, you can never write them off you can never write these guys off right and then barcelona is obviously back with a lewandowski hattrick ferran torres scoring again mm. so yeah good days lie ahead of barcelona and uh, tottenham scored two goals against marseille richarlison their signing from everton yeah he was all teary eyed on the pitch and crying and what not but yeah good game there paris scored two goals against juventus juventus had no option no answer whatsoever mbappe is too fast for them so yeah what do you make of the champions league right now utkarsh how do you feel it's going to pan out in the near future and who do you think is is going to dominate with the first games gone out of the way yep uh i i think psg have a very good chance uh with that new coach uh, they seem to be playing as a team for a change and not just as individuals uh i uh, probably if i have to say uh, you know real madrid psg uh someone someone between bayern and barcelona Mm-hmm. Um, you think Barcelona and probably have one more this season? Sorry, Barcelona do have a real chance this season. Uh, it all depends on how their match goes with Bayern. मतलब uh, we'll actually get to know you know based on their mm-hmm. performance against Bayern whether they really stand a chance or not. Uh, I feel defensively they are weak. Uh, I think Gerard Piqué is too old. Uh, the other guy is too young. and inexperienced uh, and the players that they have signed uh, i think jules kunde mm-hmm. some right uh, he's playing as a right back uh, mm-hmm. i don't think that's his natural position and he'll be exposed how probably say ben white was exposed against united mm-hmm. uh, by rashford so i feel something similar might happen there uh, but having said that i think they have a really good attacking players rafinha Lewandowski, Ferran Torres, Dembele, uh, Depay, Pedri. So these are really good players. They can do something, but I just have my doubts over def- their defense. And depends on how they perform against Bayern is what I feel will decide whether they can go further deeper into this tournament. But I think PSG, Madrid, uh, you know, probably even Man City for that matter, uh, and yeah. some someone between bayern juventus probably not juventus but uh, bayern and uh, barcelona would be your set you know final four kind of a thing right right guys also i i mean i did not see the matches per se uh, i just saw the goals and all uh, the mbappe goal dude the, that was the first probably, one yeah the first one that was crazy but i also feel that mbappe has for some reason just lost because of his new contract he just seems to be way more arrogant than he generally was or lc was earlier i don't know man when you manage a team like psg i think all you need to do is manage or the egos of the player and the player will sort it out on the field i guess the kind of squad they have i think it's 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 the managers all about man management yeah it's all about man management the kind of team they have there my god ramos and messi playing side by side is is just another it's like a yeah you actually see the diff, the lineup that they have dude uh kimpembe uh the not even kimpembe there is this marquinhos hakimi. and ramos hakimi is like hakimi <laughs> yeah then the midfield has uh, Probably Verratti and uh, Verratti, Vitinha, and Mendes. Yeah, Mendes. Mendes is 
again. Messi, Neymar. Messi, Neymar and Mbappe do. Just Mbappe. think about that attack. <laughs> like, if they don't win, then... Yeah. It's like a FIFA lineup, isn't it? It's yeah, like, it, it's like me playing in career mode and I decide that, no, I need to have the best players in the world in my yeah. team and I go and buy them. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's literally how it feels their squad is like. Yeah. But I think they've done, like, uh, they've bought really smart players this time around, uh, especially with Fabian Ruiz and uh, Renato Sanchez. Uh, they have, I feel, a good good mix of midfielders. I think their midfield was the weakest earlier, uh, and uh, yeah, I think I think they have a good chance. Right. I guess that brings us to the end of of the the episode, guys. Like always, it was amazing to have you there. Stay tuned at TT with the Ballers. Any closing comments, Anshu? I think we got it all. We covered it all. Just best of luck to Graham Potter would be my <laughs> closing comment. Yeah, best of luck to Brighton who will be and I don't hope they lose their charm. Yeah. I, th- I think they're gone. I think Brighton, <laughs> Brighton this is probably their last season in Premier League. <laughs> and if, unless and until they don't get a really good manager. Not I think they don't have anything to do about it. They seem hell-bent on relegation. Let's... Yeah, I think Brendan Rogers is like he wants to get sacked. I I don't think he's really happy. He, yeah. I think he got pissed actually. You know, he wanted to sign players, but the owners like decided no, no, no. We'll just sell players, and we'll see where we are yeah. at the end of the season. So he was like, "Fuck it, <laughs> I'm not gonna do anything. I can't manage with a goalkeeper like Danny Ward." That I never even thought of playing in at Liverpool, and now uh, this is what I have. So yeah, he, I think he's deeply disappointed, and, and he. Yeah. But let's see who the first. Obviously, we already have the first sacking of the Premier League in Scott Park. Oh, we have two. Yeah, sorry, we have two. What the fuck? How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think next up is like probably Brendan Rodgers. Uh, Steven Gerrard, if they don't Gerard, uh, pick up yeah. form. Frank Lampard. Lampard is there as well, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think yeah. Lampard. Lampard Lampard is making Everton people too happy right now. They are like too happy with him, apparently. So, I'm not so sure. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, while they might have been playing well, I don't see them like winning that many games. And that's my worry for it. At the end of they the day, result matters. Great. Uh, they have a huge injury problem. Um, at the front that's there. The that's true. And that that's true. They have like about five or six players, first team players who are out injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I do think maybe Lampard might be the last of them. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I do feel that Brendan Rogers and Steven Gerrard are like really close to this if they don't pick up the results. Yeah. 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 And let's see where Wolves' hunt for a new striker comes. Uh, reports are that they're trying to sign now Andy Carroll, who's another no, uh, from From what I read uh, uh, yesterday, I think yesterday evening or today morning, that apparently they're good to go. Matlab, they're, um, they've gotten the permission to sign uh, Costa? Diego Costa. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe it's going to and fro. I, I, I couldn't make a lot of sense of of the article and the reason that said that if you do not have enough international appearance, you cannot sign. I mean, God, yeah, that's stupid. That's a straight. It, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. So, so let's see. Let's see. Diego Costa. What do you think, guys? Thirty-eight uh, years old. 33 years old, I'm sorry. 33 years old. I think it's I think he, if he were to sign for Wolves, it'd still be a catch. He has enough Premier League experience with a very good team, a, a Premier League winning team. He has enough experience under his belt in, in, in Spain. I think I, I mean, he's a very physical striker. Wolves are not a team who, who like to dominate the ball, nor do I think they have the capability for it. To hold the ball against you know teams that go in a low, low block against them. So I think 
I think he cost out. I think he brings in. I think he brings in about ten goals, two goals, if he signs for them. Yeah, at least they need it. They're striking. And they need it. And I think like with those ten goals, Wolves have a better chance of surviving for another season, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's been forever since uh, Jimenez has been injured. I mean, how many seasons has it been? Uh, God and I also think post the head injury that he came back, I don't think he's been the same. He hasn't been really scoring. He's just uh, yeah seems to have lost pace as well in certain areas. Yeah, yeah, I mean, from seventeen goals a season in nineteen twenty to four in the next and six in the next other one. And currently, you know, not even playing a lot of games. Just two two games he's played and then he's injured again. And to think that this guy was linked with the biggest Premier League clubs after the 1920 season. Yeah. That's weird. Not uh-huh, 1920 season, right? 1920 season. 17 goals, 7 assists. Yeah. Crazy yeah. Before that, 13 goals, 10 assists. So, yeah. Talk about a player. Gone down. It's a so this weekend on tenth on Saturday there is a match between Leicester versus Aston Villa. (laughs) Uh, It's probably a race to sack man. Um, (laughs) Whoever loses gets sacked. Is what I feel. Uh, Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Right. Right. And 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 uh, Fulham versus Chelsea the first test. I mean I have Mitrovic in my team and I'm licking my lips. So let's see how's how's that going to do. Yeah. First test for Graham Potter and and uh, yeah, a, a lot of lot of interesting um, game for for the manager to be because they they, they are their local Chelsea uh, London rivals. So let's see it's gonna heat up and uh, let's see who's gonna come on top. Okay, guys, with that, we are at the end of, of the time. And uh, that would be all yep. for today. It was a very cool, casual, relaxed conversation that I always like and I always like to have. So, yeah, good to have you back. And please, more of the same. Yep. Of course. Thanks, Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a great weekend. Yeah.